Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Earlier today, A&M advances in the SEC tournament and just going final, Arkansas advances to the semis to take on Texas A&M. They win over LSU. Outkick 360 rolls on as you see the score, 79-67 the final, Arkansas over LSU. And uh, now we wonder about Will Wade's job security, not just now, you know, with the postseason coming up and extended, but we'll see from LSU moving forward. Uh, Teams squarely on the bubble, though, A&M. Now they get Arkansas with a chance to truly punch their ticket into the dance if they haven't already. Uh, but they're right there on the line. Uh, a lot coming up. We're going to preview the games tonight in Tampa. Deshaun Watson uh, found out that uh, the, the grand jury in Texas is not going, in Houston is not going to move forward with criminal charges. They declined to indict him of any criminal charges today. Uh, that's huge news for the NFL uh, trade world that could now really heat up with Watson moving to the Panthers or another organization. We'll keep tabs on that throughout the hour as well. Brent Hubbs joins us. He is with VolQuest.com. And uh, he and Austin and the entire crew have you covered with all things Tennessee athletics. Tennessee, of course, taking on Mississippi State in about an hour. Brent, hope you're doing well. I am. Hope you guys are doing well. Absolutely. Give us your, uh, your, your take on just the initial matchup for Tennessee today against the Bulldogs. Well, I thought South Carolina was the better matchup for Tennessee. That's not to say that Tennessee can't handle Mississippi State, but but I like the matchup against South Carolina a little better. Uh, Mississippi State poses some challenges in the paint. Tennessee's uh, big men are going to have to play quality minutes. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield needs to to show up today, and uh, Jonas uh, Adu's got to show up, and, and Fulkerson needs to show up today. By committee, that, that crew of four post players, counting Euros, uh, has to hold their own today, particularly on the glass rebounding. Uh, I think Josiah is important today to get to the to the rim, some offensively, and obviously rebound the ball as well. The one thing that Mississippi State does not do, they do not shoot it well from the perimeter, uh, which means I think Tennessee can crash the boards a little bit more, and uh, they can play better help defense and help inside and double team if they need to, because you're not as worried about uh, the three point shot. But State's going to go to the rim. They're going to try to get Tennessee in foul trouble. Tennessee's got to take care of the ball and rebound the basketball. Uh, worst case, best best case scenario here, and I realize other other factors play into this too. But let's let's say Tennessee wins three in a row. How high of a seed do you think they can obtain? And worst case, they lose tonight. What seed are they in the tournament? I, I think they're a three seed regardless. I, okay. I don't think they drop if they lose tonight. I think they. I, I think their basement line is a three seed. Um, I, I just think the resume is too good. Um, I, I think the committee takes into account um, teams doing well in their conference tournaments, but I don't think they take, I don't think they punish 
teams that have already punched their ticket, as Tennessee has, I don't think they greatly punish them if they get beat in the tournament early. Uh, so I, I don't think Tennessee's going to drop if they lose tonight. Uh, if they were to win the whole thing, then I think they can move to a two-seed and it would be a two-seed. I don't think they can get to a one. Uh, but you never know. What, you know. Auburn today shuffles things. What, is, what does that look like? That They certainly thought they had a chance to play for a one-seed this weekend. I think they're a solid two-seed. Uh, probably a little bit of concern about them because I think they're five and four in their last nine. They've not played particularly well. Uh, but but I, I think Tennessee's at worst a three, at best a two uh, this weekend. Brent, how beneficial was this six-day layoff for Tennessee from a health standpoint as they get ready ready for this SEC tournament? Well, I think I think it was huge because you know you even though this team is and, and Rick Barnes is playing more bodies than he typically plays, uh, th- this is a team that has dealt with some nagging injuries. Josiah has been beat up a little bit. Ziegler's been bothered by a tender knee, and I think that's shown up in his play. Uh, he's not been bad, but he's not been as good as he was um, late in January, first part of February, because the the knee that's been bothering him the last couple of weeks, getting him some rest was a must and, and, and was important. And, and I think, you know, for John Fulkerson, he's got a, a lot of just nagging things that sort of never go away. He's been battling with that hip pointer. I'm not sure he's 100%, but certainly getting multiple days off to, to rehab and rest that hip was a positive for, for him. I think the one concern you have when you take that long, length of period of time off, you know, can you get locked in defensively the way you need to, and how do you shoot the basketball in a new venue? Um, you know, we'll see. I, I think some teams have shot the ball pretty decent down there, uh, but then we've had some other teams that, that haven't shot the ball particularly well. So that's always an unknown when you go into um, you know, an arena that's – you know, a multi-sport arena, the, the backdrop's a little different. And so we'll see how Tennessee performs tonight, particularly out of the gates. Talked about the Vols defending the paint. What do you think about Mississippi State's ability to defend the perimeter where uh, the Vols have been so good with the guards? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, Tennessee can do some things. Uh, you know, Tennessee jumped on them very early in Startville when they played a couple of weeks ago when Tennessee was coming off that big win and, uh, over the weekend before they went to start bowl and it felt like maybe Tennessee might have a letdown there. And, and Tennessee was terrific out of the gate. And I thought Kennedy Chandler set a tone. They really got to the rim and caused Mississippi State some problems there. So we'll see what Ben Howland's adjustment to that is, um, you know, what they get into tonight defensively and how they elect to play that. I, I think Tennessee's ball screen action can be solid because I don't think Mississippi State – can switch one through five. If they try to switch a whole lot on those ball screens, I think it can create some mismatches for Tennessee on the which a little more defensively because Josiah can play the one, you know, can defend one through five, which helps Tennessee with their ball screen defense. So um, I, I want to see Tennessee attack the rim tonight and, and try to get to the paint. I don't, I don't think you want to see Tennessee opening this game, settling for a whole bunch of jump shots. Brent, is Fulkerson the X factor, not just here, but moving forward through this postseason? If we get what we saw from him last year down the stretch, what does that mean for this Vols team? Well, I think it changes. I mean, I think it helps Tennessee's chances a lot um, because they just don't have point production out of that five position really outside of Fulkerson. You know, Huntley Hatfield can hit a jumper here and there, you know, and and Jonas can hit a couple of putbacks and and – and, and Euros can, can hit a couple of offensive rebound putbacks, but they don't have a guy that they can really throw it to down there and say, go score, go get us a bucket. 
Fulkerson has that ability. Now, where, where John may benefit is the fact that they've had to play Brandon, they've had to play Jonas, they've created some depth there, so he doesn't have to play long stretches, which may help him down the stretch of basketball games if they have to have a go-to guy and, and make a play down there, that maybe he can do that. We've seen him do that some down the stretch here. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, if, if Tennessee were to get in a situation where Fulkerson could get them double digits, you know, and, and you know, if he could go 12 and six, you know, that, that's a huge lift for Tennessee offensively uh, because it creates another weapon for them on the floor that you have to defend. Right now, you don't have to defend some of those post guys. You got to block them out because they'll get an offensive rebound and stick it back. But you're not really worried about those guys backing you down in the post or those guys hitting a bunch of you know, little eight or 10 foot jumpers on the baseline. They, they just don't have not shown the ability to do that. Brent, you were all over and Volquist was all over the fact that Tennessee wasn't going to have a spring game. <laughs> you, you knew it with the, the Garth Brooks problems here in Nashville and they could not find a home in Chattanooga or elsewhere. Can you detail what exactly that weekend is going to look like now, both from a fan standpoint and also a program standpoint of what they can do with recruits for that weekend? Well, they can bring recruits in. I mean, and they can bring recruits in every Saturday th throughout the spring. I think what you're going to see Tennessee do that weekend is instead of having a huge recruiting weekend, I think they will have some smaller weekends and use multiple Saturdays during spring practice to bring some guys in. I don't think you'll see them with, you know, 50 or 60 guys in on, on that particular day like you would see, you know, for a, a traditional spring game, uh, which – I don't know that that's a bad thing because you're trying to build those relationships with guys. I don't. I think sometimes you can you can get too big with junior days and and visit weekends like that. Uh, but they'll have them there. They'll they'll be around the complex. They'll be around the practice field. Be able to see everything. From a fan standpoint, uh, it's to my understanding there's going to be live music or concert series or some concerts. Um, and then there's going to be two big screens in the Humanities Plaza that you can watch the the scrimmage there, that's the only place you're going to be able to see it. They're not streaming it in any way uh, to anybody outside of the area. So the only place you can see it as a fan is is by coming to the Humanities uh, Plaza area to watch that. And it'll take place on Tennessee's practice field. Ten Tennessee exhausted really every potential outlet out there they could. Chattanooga had some events that were going to be challenging. I think logistically – from a cost standpoint, it was going to be a little bit challenging to, to even get to Chattanooga. You're going to have to charge fans. You're going to have to charge for parking. All of that was taken into consideration. Nashville was where they initially wanted to go. It just wasn't going to work from the calendar with the Garth Brooks concert, some other things going on and, and around um, that, that, that the Titans have and that Nissan Stadium has going on. It just wasn't going to – they couldn't get a date work there. Tennessee looked at the soccer field, um, you know, at Regal Stadium on Tennessee's campus. Soccer team is playing two spring matches in April on their home field. They didn't, you know, they didn't really want the field completely tore up from a football player's standpoint and try to go play a soccer match on it after that. So that became not realistic. Uh, so they end up on the practice field and, and they'll, you know, have family and, and, you know, kind of a family day out there. They'll have some recruits in and, and it'll sort of be what it'll be. So, Brent, Tennessee fans, no doubt, are excited about this basketball team, but there's really one name on the mind of every Tennessee fan, and it's not Santee. It's Nico. Five-star quarterback out of Long Beach, California, recently had a visit, and Vol Nation is buzzing about the possibilities of landing 
the guy who I believe is the number two ranked quarterback in America behind Arch Manning uh, in next year's class. What can you tell us on the latest with Tennessee in their pursuit of Nico? I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. I know it starts with an I. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's pursuit is, is full speed ahead. I mean, it is all gas, no brakes at this point uh, for, for Nico. Nico was in town for about four days with his entire family. Um, Mom and dad were here. Siblings were here. Uh, a lot of people close to them were here. They, they had they had a, a good number of, of people in town. They're very family oriented. The Polynesian culture that's that's very that's very commonplace. Uh, and so it was important for Tennessee to get all of them here if they were going to have a, a real shot. Uh, they they had Nico in back in in November, and some of the family came, but Mom didn't come. So getting Mom on campus was the big deal this past weekend or two weekends ago when that happened. I, I think Tennessee's got a lot of momentum with him right now. Uh, Nico has been taught, has said, you know, multiple times his plan is to see all of his other schools uh, on the list before he makes a final decision. We'll see if that takes place or, or not. Um, he's not going anywhere this weekend. He's playing in a seven-on-seven tournament in California, and I think right now, because he spent more time in Knoxville than he has any other place, because his entire family went and they haven't to other places, I think Tennessee's got the momentum with him right now. Um, does he? Decide to do something really early. I don't know. Does he take all these visits as he's had planned? We'll wait and see. Uh, but but th- that's part of why Tennessee's fan base has so much optimism right now is because he was just here. He's filling it. Tennessee did a great job with him on the visit. He saw everything he wanted to see. His family saw everything they wanted to see. And it's put Tennessee in a solid spot right now. Well, to put this into perspective, we know it's a quarterback's game now, Brent. Is this someone that the staff sees as – a difference maker to the level of making Tennessee nationally relevant again with just how talented this guy is. Yeah. I mean, if Tennessee were to land him, I think the feeling out there would be that Tennessee has gotten their quote franchise quarterback uh, for, and you know, from a college standpoint, uh, he, he's right there from a ranking standpoint with Arch Manning and, and as one of the, if not the, the, the top or, or top two players in the country at that position, as you mentioned, you know what quarterbacks mean to programs, what it means to recruiting, what it means to the relevancy with the national media. Uh, I mean, it would certainly um, it would certainly put Tennessee in a very positive light, and, and it would be a, a statement for Josh Heupel and his staff that in their second year um, here, they went out and, and got somewhat of that caliber at the most critical position on the football field, uh, the quarterback spot. So we'll see. Again, Tennessee with momentum. Uh, but there is no timeline set in place. There's no date set in place to make a decision or anything like that. It's just that Tennessee got the nice long visit, and the visit went well. Who's the primary com- competition we expect? Uh, well, I mean, Oregon is a place that he's been to see. A lot of people have thought Oregon because of the Polynesian culture there. Uh, he's a big Marcus Mariota fan. Uh, so a lot of people have thought Oregon would be a factor there. What, what's interesting is – Nico and his family have talked more about playing in the SEC or playing in the South than they have anything else in terms of what's important. Um, I think a lot of people are assuming Oregon um, as a real, a real threat because of, of the Polynesian connection. But he has stated, and the family has stated, the desire to play you know, at the SEC level in this conference, you know, at the elite, uh, you know, elite level. Um, Alabama's there, is talked about. Georgia's talked about. I think to to know who the next pe- who the players really are, Paul, 
it depends on where he goes next. Uh, he's been to Oregon a couple times. He was at Oregon, you know, back a month or so ago. He's just been to Tennessee for four days. Where else in the SEC does he go see? Does he go see Alabama? Does he go see Georgia? Is mom interested in taking all these other trips with him? That's going to be a key factor because I think mom's real important in this decision. Well, let's stay on the West Coast. Tennessee also in pursuit of a couple of transfers from the Pac-12 and Southern California. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the player from UCLA and a player from USC that Tennessee's got serious interest in right now? Well, Brew McCoy is a five-star receiver who, who's been well-known for a while. He was uh, Texas, Southern Cal, back to Southern Cal. He's kind of been – he's kind of had a hard time getting settled in anywhere because of coaching changes and things like that. Had an off-the-field incident at, UC, at, at Southern Cal that has been dismissed, has been dropped, uh, no longer a factor there. Um, so because of that, Southern Cal and Lincoln Riley's going, whoa, whoa. Well, wait a minute. You know what we do on offense, right? I mean, you're going to get the ball in my offense, whereas you didn't get it in the previous offense. So you need to stay here, you know, and you need to, you need to play for us. We'd like for you to stay. Um, he knows Bayless Jones. He's had conversations with Bayless Jones about Tennessee, about Josh Heupel's offense. There's some other people he knows that's at Tennessee now that he knew from when he first went to Southern Cal. So Tennessee, I, I think, will be a factor in there if he for sure decides to leave. He's in the portal. Uh, but he has been at Southern Cal, and, and all of that's been cleared up now. So we'll we'll see if Lincoln Riley has any say in getting him to stay uh, or if he continues to move on the transfer portal route. If he goes the transfer portal route, I fully expect Tennessee to get a visit. I fully expect Tennessee to be in the final decision-making process. Uh, the defensive end from out at UCLA has visited uh, Washington. Uh, Miami's in play there. Uh, I think Oregon may be in play there a little bit, and in Tennessee as his other school, as his fourth school. Um, and I expect him to visit Tennessee sometime in early April uh, and, and go from there. One of the challenges there a little bit for him that he's trying to work through is academics. Uh, he's in great shape academically as, as a graduate, but he's been in the quarter system. Uh, Washington is a, as a school that's on the quarter system, so he could go now in April and enroll and continue on with academics and not wait until the summertime to start his academics. Instead of sitting around the entire spring, he can go ahead and continue academically. I think that's something that, that Tennessee's trying to work through with him and, and figure those things out. Seems to have a good rapport with Rodney Garner, so I expect him on campus in early April for a visit. Brent Hubs and VolQuest, they've got you covered on all things Tennessee athletics. Check more out at VolQuest.com. Brent, always appreciate it, man. Enjoy this each week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the college hoops. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. Have a good yeah, weekend. Thanks, Same here. Uh, Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com. We're keeping tabs on all the conference tournaments. Uh, Middle Tennessee and UAB in the semis of Conference USA. The winner gets Louisiana Tech tomorrow uh, for that one bid going to the NCAA tournament. That'll be the championship game tomorrow. Uh, they're in overtime. Middle Tennessee and UAB, UAB up by one with less than a minute to play. We'll keep you on uh, updated there. Scores from uh, other conferences. Plus, Trey Wallace is about to check in. Trey is down in Tampa getting set for tip-off between Tennessee and Mississippi State. And then he'll have coverage at OutKick of Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Trey Wallace is next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Deshaun Watson just spoke to reporters for the first time in over a year. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network, quote, I'm going to keep fighting to rebuild my name and rebuild my appearance in the community. And he says he's, he's ready to get back to football. He uh, will uh, leave the Harris County courtroom today where a grand jury decided not to proceed with criminal charges of nine accusers uh, from criminal charges. The 22 civil cases still remain out there, but this is significant. Uh, from the NFL trade talk that could happen this weekend as, as free agency officially gets underway Monday, and then guys will sign contracts on Wednesday. Trey Wallace joins us as we go live to Tampa, Tennessee, and Mississippi State, about to tip off in a little over 30 minutes, followed by Kentucky and Vandy. Uh, has the blue mist arrived in Tampa? Yeah, uh, Jonathan, the, the Blue Mist has, has been in Tampa. I just think they've been out drinking today. <laughs> Not really inside the arena yet. Um, so maybe they maybe they sold their, their earlier session tickets to Auburn fans, which, you know, are probably looking to sell their tickets now. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be a lot of uh, uh, hateful Tennessee, non-Tennessee fans in the arena tonight. It's going to be a lot of Mississippi State fans in blue tonight is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, that place is going to be electric for the Bulldogs tonight with all the Kentucky fans. And I'm picturing, Trey, as you say that, you know, a bunch of uh, weekend at Bernie's type scenes with Kentucky fans carrying their buddy in with his ticket propped up uh, into the arena tonight. Um, I'm curious on the, on the Tennessee front in this game, you know, they've had six days rest now to get ready for this. Do you foresee anything different in terms of rotation what Rick Barnes is going to do. He's a guy who's experimented throughout the year. They still haven't really settled on an exact rotation from game to game. Do you expect anything different? This being a game where, let's face it, their season's not over. If they lose any of these tournament games, they still have a bigger tournament to prepare for? You know, Chad, I think they stick with what what, what we've seen over the last couple of games and this kind of rotation. I understand that it gets kind of – uh, that's the best way to put it, fluctuated uh, with whoever they roll in first off the bench. Um, usually we've seen that be, you know, four person coming off the bench along with Ziggler, you know, at times. Zeros gets that first session and he kind of comes out. Um, interesting to see what they do tonight just because of the way Mississippi State gets in the paint um, and can cause them problems in that area. So, you know, does do we see Ziggler come in a little earlier than expected? Um you know, and, and tonight is going to come down to how Tennessee's going to guard the perimeter and then what they can do to score points down low. And I think it, what Mississippi State does, if you attack Tennessee and you try to get their guards into foul trouble, um, you know, it. here's the thing. Like, it's not a big deal if, like, Euros picks up three fouls in the first half because, you know, you're still going to be able to go to Jonas Adu or Brandon Hundley Hatfield or even John Fulkerson. So I think Tennessee has a little leverage here when it comes to what they're working with especially off the bench. So I don't know if you'll see much of a change. I think we're going to see the same rotation kind of as we've seen the last previous three to four or five games. Um, but trust me, Barnes is, you know, he understands the situation. If he needs to pull somebody out, they're not doing what they need to be doing. 
they'll do it. Trey, just gut feeling here. Percentage Tennessee, you, and I know you were at the shoot-around earlier. Percentage Tennessee comes out firing on all cylinders or comes out flat tonight to open the tournament? I think, I think they come out I think they come out kind of hot. Um, they've had uh, two sessions here inside uh, the Mill Arena here in Tampa. Um, they had a session yesterday at practice in the local academy here. Um, so they've been getting up a lot of shots. They were, they were on the court right before we started our game earlier. Uh, the first game of the day. So, you know, I, I think this is a Tennessee team going to come out and try to hit those shots from behind the arc, try to get hot right there. Um, can Kennedy Chandler get to the basket, and get the crowd into it a little bit, get a little bit more momentum going on their side? Uh, we all, under, I think we both get uh, what Ben Allen does with his basketball team. And if you can get a run on this Mississippi State squad, I think you could separate yourself good enough uh, to cause a lot of problems tonight. So, I expect Tennessee to come out hot in this game, and why not? They're well-rested. They should be good to go on all fronts. And, um, you know, we'll see if Mississippi State makes this a physical battle like it could be in the paint. I think that's what sticks out to me. But I expect the ball shooters to be ready to go tonight. So no team in college basketball has beaten Kentucky more than Tennessee. So we know where the Kentucky fans will be in this early game in the, if, if they arrive in time. They will be squarely behind Mississippi State. If it's a close game in game two, how much do you think the Tennessee fans will be behind Vandy in that game, or will they be indifferent considering it's Kentucky and Vandy in the late-night game tonight for the fans in Orange? Let me tell you something, Chad. If Tennessee wins this game tonight, who do you think they'd rather play tomorrow to go to the championship, Kentucky or Vanderbilt? (laughs) I promise you they'll be rooting for Vanderbilt. Um, if they if Tennessee wins tonight, there will probably be twelve thousand Vanderbilt fans in the stands uh, for the second game. So you know that that's what that's what Vanderbilt fans are hoping for. You know Jerry Stackhouse is really hoping Rick Barnes wins this game tonight. Maybe he'll have a home crowd advantage uh, in a sense. So you know I, I think it'll be um, I think it'll be fun to watch. You know, and I think that that second game uh, is going to be big. You know. Th- Look, I mean, let's let's be realistic here. If Tennessee would get another shot at Kentucky tomorrow to play them, you know, these competitors on this basketball team would love to play Kentucky. Uh, they've already beaten Vanderbilt this season. Um, but when it comes down to it, an easier path is an easier path. So Rick Barnes is not going to be complaining if Scotty Pippen comes out and scores 30 tonight and Kentucky goes down. We'll see. What would, what would be crazy about part three of that game, Tennessee-Kentucky, Trey, is that the first two games were not good games. Kentucky blew out Tennessee in Lexington. Tennessee blew out Kentucky in Knoxville. But it's a repeat of what two or three years ago, which is an all-time classic SEC tournament Saturday overtime game between that great Tennessee team and a really good Kentucky team. Uh, so that's what fans would have to look forward to. I've said this to numerous people over the last three to four years. That was probably probably top two best basketball game. I have been to in the last three to four years. Uh, that, that Saturday, Tennessee comes back. They were down eight uh, with just two minutes to go. They come storming back. Grant Williams, it's that corner three. Place goes crazy. Um, so, I, you know, and we saw it that year, like you just said. It was a blowout first two games for both sides. They come back, they play a tight game in the last one. So, if we get that, we'll see how that plays out tomorrow. But, um, hey, look, don't, don't be looking ahead. They got to worry about Mississippi State. We already saw what A and M could do, you know, today if they get a little hot streak. So don't look past the Bulldogs tonight. 
What has Jerry Stackhouse been like behind the scenes at, at the podium or, or anything of that matter that you've seen while there? Because here in Nashville, you can barely find the guy out and about. I mean, he doesn't do anything but press conferences on Zoom. What's he like there in Tampa? Calm and collected. Um, I mean, just cool as the other side of the pillow. Maybe that's, maybe that's how to put it. Yeah. Um, he's not, here's the thing, Robert. He's not letting the pressure get to him. Um, I think, you know, when you have a team that's played this tight with some of these others before, uh, and even last night after the game, I mean, he was relaxed, but he was still kind of Jerry. Jerry's always kind of tense in his own type of he's way. He's ready for a fight, um, always. Right, yeah, he's always ready for a fight. Um, but he's still, He will you know, block you on Twitter relaxed. quicker than anyone, too. <laughs> he's ready to block for that block oh. button. Look, I, I haven't tweeted at him. I'm not going to. I know he's got some happy fingers. So, um, no, but, hey, look, I, I he, he's been good. I think tonight you'll see a, another side of Jerry Stackhouse tonight um, and do what he can. Here's how I look at it. He'll do what he can on the bench the same way Buzz Williams did what he did with his team on the bench for their big win earlier today because Buzz Williams was all over the court, all over the officials, and I think that helped out a little bit down the stretch. Last time around, both teams shot right, right around 50%. It was just that uh, Tennessee took a lot more shots. Uh, how important that they dictate pace? I think it's very important that you dictate pace tonight. I, I think that you, you don't want to get into – first of all, you don't want to turn the ball over and let Mississippi State score in transition and pass three points. Um, I think that Tennessee can come out tonight and, and be able to control – Control what they're doing on offense. Don't get sucked into anything Mississippi State's doing on the defensive side of the ball, Paul. That's the big part about it. Like, don't come out and play Mississippi State's game. Play your game. Passing the ball around. Uh, making three to four passes before you take that shot. You know, if Zakai Ziggler can get to the basket and draw the foul, you do it. Here's something to keep an eye on tonight. I was talking to a few people about this. Tennessee has loved to use the baseline the last six or seven games. And I mean that in they love to drive the baseline and find the open man out in the perimeter, even if it's at the top of the key or even on the backside. So look for that tonight uh, for Tennessee, especially if Mississippi State gets a little testy down low in the paint. Maybe they can draw some fouls, some blocking charges, something like that. But Tennessee really used that over the last six or seven games. I've enjoyed watching it. Trey, as we wrap up with our preview of the evening sessions, which team is more likely to do what A&M did, Mississippi State or Vandy? Jonathan, come on, man. Uh, you put me on it here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the limit here. I'm going to say Vanderbilt. I called my shot yesterday with A&M beating Auburn. I'm not saying Vanderbilt's going to beat Kentucky tonight, but I'm just saying if there's a team that's going to pull that type of upset, I think it's Vanderbilt, not Mississippi State. Don't be wrong, but I just I got this weird feeling about the Commodores. Hey, if you're if you're into uh, a little sports betting, I would take the uh, take the points there. They're laying quite a few. Well, take the take the money line possibly. What I heard Trey is that Vandy's going to win an upset. You called the A and M win over Auburn. Are you calling Vandy over Kentucky tonight? I don't want to go that far yet. Okay. Maybe I'll text you guys later on before the pregame. <laughs> make it official. Make, I'll, I'll act rash. I'll yeah. make. I'll make that. I got to see an injury report before I do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Vanderbilt could be without a player tonight, so, um, but we'll see. No, but it should be an exciting stretch of games here uh, as we get going here in about 25 minutes. Tennessee, Mississippi State, and then about 30 minutes after that, Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. So um, this is this is what we're here for. You know, this is this is the show. Auburn's lost. 
Will Wade is out of the tournament now. I don't have to deal with him anymore. Now we get down to brass tacks with some big teams, and uh, we'll see how it plays out tonight leading into tomorrow. Let us know what, what you have on tap at OutKick for the weekend coverage because this goes through Sunday for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, continue covering everything down here at the tournament, um, and uh, we'll have some uh, some post game tonight uh, on the Tennessee game. Right after that concludes, we'll have that up, and then uh, tomorrow uh, we have two games on store on staff for you guys, and uh, we'll be bringing you some videos, doing kind of uh, behind the scenes look tomorrow and Sunday about how the tournament's kind of ran. Uh, so that'll be posted out there, and uh, a little teaser for next week. I um, have a very fun conversation coming up with uh, Tennessee Chancellor Dombey Plowman uh, that we actually uh, we actually put down. So I look forward to, to getting that out there for folks to, to listen to it. Very insightful on a lot of things Tennessee fans have been asking about over the last six months. So look for that as well over the next couple of days. Trey, great work, man. Great insight all week. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you early next week. Guys, I can't wait. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the basketball games, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, Sounds Trey. Great. We'll be Sounds reading your great. coverage as well. Outkick.com for more throughout the weekend. Trey Wallace uh, has us covered there for the site for Outkick. All things SEC tournament, Tennessee, Mississippi State, a little over 20 minutes away from tip-off. Chad, what are your expectations for Tennessee in this game? I, I, my expectations are for them to continue playing the way they've played the last month and a half, two months of the season, which has been a different basketball team. It's hard to argue that the or, last, or ask for more from a, a momentum yeah, standpoint. The last five minutes of that game against Texas on the road where they were atrocious offensively, yeah, and they went on a huge run down almost 20 and came back to tie it at one point. From that point on, they had the one hiccup at Arkansas, which everyone did. Uh, but where they scored 48 points. And outside of that, they've been a different basketball team. They've moved the ball. They move people. They, they're not standing around. It's not just one high ball screen and everyone sitting around. When you see that happen, that's when they have these long stretches where they don't get anything done. Ball movement's been better. Offense has been better. They played like the team you thought they could be in the preseason uh, with their three-point shooting ability. So I expect that again tonight. I think this is a good matchup for Tennessee. Um, I think Mississippi State is pretty talented. They've got good big men down low. That's going to be a challenge for Tennessee. But my expectation is Tennessee shows up, plays well like they have been, and handles business. It's not going to be a blowout. I think it's a pretty close game in the second half, but I think, I think Tennessee gets it done in the end. Quickly, this is a, an SEC note, but not basketball. Greg Sankey spoke today, and he said that they've looked at statistics on what's been wagered on the SEC in football just for this past fall, nearly $2 billion was wagered on SEC football games just in this past fall alone. That's Crazy. enormous. That is the, uh, well, the continuing the, the, the lobbying of getting sports betting legal in every SEC state. Well, or in you, every state. Well, in every state. Yeah. I'm saying you drive in Alabama, you can't place a bet on the Crimson Tide. Right. Uh, meanwhile, the SEC could have exclusive rights to cer- certain FanDuel, DraftKings. That's where he's getting at. And this data is the legal forms of betting with online wagering is equal to $2 billion. That doesn't account for, you know, offshore Bubba and his cousin in Talladega betting right. on the Alabama-Auburn game <laughs> for 100 bucks, right? Yeah. So there's even more being bet. Or those people in Alabama who are opening an offshore account because they can't. Open yeah. FanDuel. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. We've got some scores for you. Uh, Middle Tennessee and UAB in double overtime. Wow. 
We will uh, keep you updated on the Blue Raiders' chances of advancing to the Conference USA Championship game. They've got to get past UAB, who is the betting favorite to win the tournament. Uh, Middle played in overtime last night. They're in double OT right now. We'll keep you updated there. We'll get final thoughts on the Tennessee matchup for Mississippi State and then Kentucky and Vandy. Plus, uh, the new stadium that could be coming to Nashville and uh, some details on when and what could be a, a new stadium right behind the old one. We'll discuss on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. NFL news throughout today's show. Deshaun Watson will not face criminal charges. Max Crosby has signed a four-year extension with the Las Vegas Raiders, so he will not be a free agent. You've got uh, Joe Buck, who is going to now negotiate with ESPN. Fox is allowing him to do so. That should indicate he's going to join Troy Aikman on the call for Monday Night Football. All of that happened within the last two hours. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine crew is all here doing a great job. We've been watching all of the, the tournaments throughout the day. Right now in double overtime, UAB inching back closer. It's 81-80 in double overtime with 17 seconds left. UAB has forced a turnover, got a bucket, and now they're up, uh, or excuse me, they trail by one uh, with 17 seconds left in double overtime down in Frisco, Texas. They play this at the practice facility for the Dallas Cowboys. And it's large enough where they play two courts at once, like an AAU-style tournament, where they have their women's and men's tournament going on. And uh, the two will meet on court A tomorrow, middle trying to advance to take on Louisiana Tech. It was just a brutal, by the way, last play there for, for MTSU. Yeah, tell me what um, They had good defense on a three. Bad carom off the rim with a three. It gets batted back. I mean, it was like throwing a free throw uh, from the ref to a player for a three that was wide open off the offensive rebound, uh-huh. and he drains it. So now a one-point game. A really good game. A lot of good games uh, throughout these conference tournaments. How but about A&M? This is do or die now for both these teams. A&M with a win over Arkansas tomorrow is going to make the NCAA tournament. That's going to be a great game. They may have already made it. They could have, yeah. yeah but but it, we know for sure. Depending on what's going same on and how much Indiana, room I don't think they're sweating on Selection Sunday if they win tomorrow. The they're going to be sweating Indiana. out right now. Indiana with a win tomorrow over Iowa, they get in. I'm still surprised that Indiana isn't more assured of their status to get in at this point. Well, but a lot yeah, of they're, it, like they're you right said, there on the edge. Chad, depending on how many other teams are breaking through and doing the same thing they're doing where you're getting further than expected, winning – or if you have a breakout tournament winner who's out of nowhere, um, wasn't even expected to be in the bubble. Yeah, it's it, you're right. I mean, this is the time of year where if you're one of those teams, you're watching all of these conference tournaments uh, to see and what happens. for chalk. Yes. You want teams that are already securely high seeds in the tournament to be playing on Saturday and Sunday of these big conference tournaments. Paul, there's some news with uh, the new stadium build or potential build coming to Nashville. 
Yeah, so um, Titans were at a sports authority meeting yesterday, Tennessee and an Associated Press. I read kind of a combined report. Um, the new stadium, the intent is for it to be, as we kind of were, were predicting, behind Nissan Stadium as we know it. So it would remain kind of on the east bank of the river just further, so between the stadium and the highway. And they think it's conceivable, ambitious, but conceivable to have it done in 2026. It would take 31 months, so two years and seven months to get it done once they started it. Um, And it's conceivable it could be done to be a World Cup venue. That tournament starts in June of 2026. So it could conceivably be baptized by World Cup games if... Nashville convinces the World Cup uh, selection process that, hey, look, you can have this great new venue in Nashville as one of uh, one of the jewels of the of the U.S., Canada, Mexico um, bid. So this thing apparently is getting moving um, and it starts now with plans being drawn up to clarify the plan for those familiar that are it, it's to build where the parking lot is now. Yeah. So they could build while the stadium is there yeah. in that parking lot. And it was just going to be a mess of parking. Shuttling from all points, every parking lot in the city, I would imagine. Uh, Greer, or not Greer Stadium, uh, First Tennessee or whatever the minor league park is from uh, Vanderbilt, well, I would they've imagine. Got, they've from, got very little parking over there, too. Yeah, but from anywhere yeah. that there's parking in the city, I would imagine you'd be shuttling in. Take an Uber or Lyft. That would be my... That'd be yeah. my advice. Well, taking an Uber or Lyft there people. is an easy process. Getting an Uber or Lyft yeah, home just is go ahead not, and hang out for a little while. not an easy process. You would be going to the free throw line shooting two with three seconds left with a chance to tie the game in double overtime. Bailout call, too. I didn't, I didn't like the call. Thought it, was, thought it was good defense by the Blue Raiders on that one. Yeah, as, I'm, as I've got an eye here on Hutton's uh, computer. No, that was a foul. Never mind. Yeah, that, on, se- on second look, on second glance, second the refs got it right. They do a terrific job. Tennessee and Mississippi State about to tip off down in Tampa, uh, followed by Kentucky and Vandy. What a turn of a season for Jerry Stackhouse and the Commodores. You know, they're the... Finally got on a, on a course of well, they, uh, up, up incline. Well, the, they got momentum through Scottie Pippen Jr. They get some help around him. But they play, I mean, they, they play this tough physical type game. I, I like the way they play. Uh, they're the opposite of Alabama, for instance. A&M showed you about Alabama towards the end of the regular season where they, they went into Tuscaloosa and pushed them around. They were the more physical team and thoroughly dominated them. Last night, it was a tight game, but Vandy is certainly capable of, of beating Bama. I'm not putting them up there with, with Kentucky and what I, – I don't mean this as a knock because we've seen a lot of one-and-dones with Kentucky that go to the NBA – they are able. They are capable of doing these NBA type runs, where they're they're down 15, and all of a sudden you look up and they're only trailing by four, and then four minutes pass and they lead by eight. They go on these stretches where they can jump right back into a game no matter the score. And I don't foresee Vandy getting up by 15 in this game, for instance. Well, I, I think this is Kentucky's matchup, yeah. and I can't wait for Kentucky-Tennessee tomorrow. That, that's the matchup I want to watch. By the way, MTSU-UAB headed to triple overtime now. <laughs> uh, triple overtime, which goes to an instant classic in Frisco, Texas. 
Um, How, you need a beer. Uh, Dane Bradshaw that. said it very yeah, well last night at the end of the game uh, on SEC Network. He said, you know, Vanderbilt doesn't have a ton of talent. They got one really good player. But what they are is a team. And the team has won two straight games in this tournament. And they have figured out the roles that they all play on that team. And there's something to be said for that because you don't get that with a lot of college basketball teams. Even over the course of an entire season, Vandy figured it out. Vandy figured it out at some point this season. And it has taken way too long. And again, I'm still skeptical because even though Jerry Stackhouse has a good recruiting class coming in, he won't have the key to their success this year in Scottie Pippen Jr., who will be moving on. Someone not moving on? News just coming down, Clayton Kershaw signs a one-year deal to stay with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So you now have baseball news getting out on signings now that the, they come to an agreement. had re-signed a pitcher early in the day, which was the indicator that uh, the, the gates are open. So Ken uh, Rosenthal is the one reporting Clayton Kershaw staying with the Dodgers. Yeah, it's time for the first big move with somebody leaving his team and uh, doing it for more than one year. The two biggest are Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa. Those will be the two that will have everyone talking. Yes, very anxious to see uh, as a fan of a team with a lot of needs. Kershaw staying with the Dodgers, just getting started with Major League Baseball and uh, all the contracts that we'll be discussing next week. We'll be doing that for the NFL as well on Monday as negotiations begin to crank up uh, across the entire league for free agency, which officially begins on Wednesday. Brackets will be announced on Sunday. We'll be breaking those down for you on Monday across the OutKick Network. Hope you'll join us for OutKick 360. Enjoy all the tournament action all weekend. We've got a sign on the wall over there. It says, don't block the box. I urge you not to block the box and to lock the locks.